Talk Recorded live. Keys to Lost is a proud member of the Lost Podcasting Network. Get all of your favorite Lost podcasts in one feed at lostcasts.blogspot.com. If you thought Lost fans were intolerable before, you have to go back. Get ready. They're about to get even worse. If you haven't watched Lost yet, you'll regret ever talking to anyone who did. Lost fans return starting this February. They're coming. St. Louis, Missouri, it's Keys to Lost, a weekly podcast dedicated to the ABC television series Lost, hosted from a musician's perspective by keyboardists Matt Murdock and Leslie Sanazaro-Santi. And now, here's Matt and Leslie. Start this again now. Welcome to Keys to Lost, a weekly podcast dedicated to the ABC television series Lost. My name is Matt Murdock a musician in the St. Louis area. We host a show based uh, from a musician's perspective, and we hope to hear from a lot of folks tonight uh, regarding our expectations about Season 6. I'm joined, of course, by my lovely co-host, Leslie Santi, who's also a singer, songwriter, and piano player in the St. Louis area. How you doing, Leslie? Hey, great. Great to hear you. Yeah, finally, I'm back. What was up to that? <laughs> I'm trying out Gizmo for the first time, and I guess I should have done a couple more practice runs before I tried it, but it, it evidently cut out on me. Whenever I play the bumpers, they, it goes away. So, well, um, you know what, Matt? You always go for it, and that's why it's cool. That's why it's cool, because I always go for it. Just like, you know, yeah. I fall on my face sometimes, but it's okay, too. <laughs> and we are so happy. There is only seven days left before we get a episode of Lost which we must, you know, be thankful for after this long, long hiatus. Amen. Yeah. Are you twiddling your thumbs? Are you, are you ready? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, it's actually been a really busy week, so I've been kind of distracted. But, yeah, it's, um, I, 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 it's almost kind of strange that the hiatus is coming to an end. It feels, I mean, I'm excited, but it also feels kind of weird. I feel like we've gotten in the swing of, of being without loss and just, like, you know, talking back about things that have happened before, you know, it's like when you're in a relationship with somebody and it's over and you're just sitting there talking about things you used to do together. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're joined by a lot of folks on the call tonight as well. We want to thank uh, Sergeant Drano, Mr. Heath uh, from the Station 7, The Door podcast, Uh, Mr. Heath Solo from the Lost Revisited Now podcast, uh, Scotty Six from the Top Six and Six podcast, uh, and a guest from New York, all for joining us tonight. Have I missed anybody out there? I think we've got everybody that's on the call with us so far. Uh, before we get into talking to them, though, there's a couple things we need to tell you about. I promised Crackpot Jack from Jay and Jack that I would plug this every week until it occurs, and we actually have somebody on with us tonight that will be part of that podcast as well. It's the Jay and Jack Marathon podcast to benefit Autism Speaks. It's March 20th and 21st. Is that right, Mr. Solo? Yes, sir. It starts around noon on the 20th, going into the Sunday, ending with Jorge Garcia interview. Awesome. And as, I, 
you and uh, Axel are going to be doing a shift on that podcast? We are. I am going out to North Carolina to visit Mr. Axel Foley in the Lost Mythos Theory Cast studio. And we, yeah, we're going to do about, a, I think, a four or five hour block. We're going to give Jane Jack a little break. So me and Axel will be uh, co hosting or filling in, whatever. I guess how Leno used to fill in for Johnny Carson, I guess. Now it's O'Brien. No. But anyway, yes, we're going to be doing that. So it'll be a lot of fun. And for a great cause. And speaking of other podcasting ventures, me and you and Donald from Donald is Lost is going to be doing a reaction roundtable to a lot of the episodes this season. And we're just going to rotate it around on our feeds. Is that correct? Yes, sir. We are starting. And I want to thank you guys because I am on the West Coast. So it'll be kind of late for you guys, but I appreciate you holding up to get to wait for me to get on. But as soon as that thud happens, I will be calling in to talk to you. Awesome. Sounds great. And, of course, uh, this will be on a uh, special <laughs> page called Keys to Law Special Segments. But you will actually catch the, the podcast itself on the feed of whoever's hosting for the week. And Heath and Donald and I are all going to uh, alternate uh, hosting. So the first week, Mr. Solo will, of course, be hosting. And, and so you'll catch that on his uh, Lost Revisited Now feed, which you can subscribe to on iTunes, of course, uh, whenever he feels like putting it up there. I know you and Miss Wendy are also planning an initial reaction show. Is that correct? Well, we're doing, when we're done, it'll go up right away. We just kind of let it live and go up. So it'll be up early, early in the morning of Tuesday and then, I mean, of Wednesday. And then Wednesday, we're doing one in the afternoon, but we're going to kind of, it's, it's quick, but it's going to be her first time to talk about it if she's not up late for the initial reaction. If she does show up, we may do it a day later. You'll just have to wait and see. Because I don't want to release them both at the same time, pretty close, but I understand. we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah, you, you can just put it up whenever you feel like. But it's just, I'm certainly looking forward to talking Lost with you and Donald, especially oh, it's going to be hours in the morning. <laughs> yeah, we had me and Donald and Glenn had some great late-night talks at the end of the season last year. So it's just great to get Lost fresh in your mind. Then you sit on it for a couple of days, and then you dive into – you know, exploring the details. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Excellent. Excellent. Very cool. Um, I would like also to give a shout-out to Losties with Jed and Karen. Uh, <laughs> this last segment that they did uh, on their on their last episode, uh, which was uh, a vlog of the surviving the final days of the hiatus that Jed did, and it had a, a downfall parody in it which was just hilarious, made a, a lot of fun of me, and I had a great time with that. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie, did you see that? Yeah, I did see it. It was it was weird to see Hitler make a mention of us and me specifically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but it was thing. really funny. Yeah, there's a, there's a whole uh, uh, Internet full of those viral videos that use that scene as a parody scene for, for making fun of various things. And uh, I thought he, I thought he used it really well, you know. He did. Course, he, he's, he's absolutely right. Leslie Leslie is slamming, so that's awesome. Wow! Thanks, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> the G Kino moment. 
In this week's G-Kino moment, I thought I'd take just a couple of seconds to make some musical predictions for Season 6 of Lost. I've narrowed down three themes that I think we're going to hear a lot of in Season 6 because of the way that I feel the story is going to go and because G-Kino has already established these themes it's easy to just play you clips of them and explain why I think we're going to hear those. The first one that I think we're going to hear a lot of is what is on Lostpedia referred to as Jacob's theme, which I also consider a theme of the light side of the island. And I really think that we're going to hear this theme a lot because we may see some flashbacks where Jacob is interacting with our losties in other situations, or we may see scenes where Jacob is, in fact, still alive. I'm not sure exactly what the context is, but his idea that humanity needs to realize its potential by making the right choice and that they can, I think, is prevalent in Season 6, and that's why we're going to hear that theme, which is very ancient-sounding and it's very wise-sounding and thrilling. I believe that we're going to hear that a lot. So here's a snippet of that theme. Another theme that I think we're going to hear in Season 6 will be the realization of the Sun and Jin theme. Primarily the one will be resurrected, I think, from Season 2. It was known on the Season 2 soundtrack as The Last to Know, but it's kind of truly the, the Jin-Sun love theme, and I think we're going to hear that some. I think uh, part of reuniting them will be a big part of the show in Season 6. And I think we'll hear that theme on several occasions because of whatever importance it is of them to be together. And the reason that Jacob touched them must have something to do with the hierarchy of the island. So, I think we'll hear this theme. This is from the Season 2 soundtrack, The Last to Know, which appeared on and found the Sun and Jin-centric episode.
And absolutely, without a doubt, we're going to hear Ben's theme played a lot this season. The island is not done with Ben, and neither is the story. Killing Jacob is not his end. I think he's going to have to make some real sacrifices once he finds out that he's been duped. And I think we're going to hear his theme prevalent a lot in this season. Maybe not so much the evil side, maybe not even so much the child side. G. Kino may have another trick up his sleeve as to how to realize the theme with new orchestration or new harmonization. But I do think that we might hear some heroic Ben as well. And the best instance of that that I can cite is from the season four finale. There's no place like home where Ben turns the wheel with the horns realizing the theme. And here's that clip. So those are three musical predictions for season six. And thank goodness we don't have too much longer to wait until we see if those predictions come true. That's the G Kino moment for this week. Thanks for listening. Where have you been? I've been trying to reach you on the walkie. Talk shoe participation. And once again, we have a lot of uh, great guests on with us. Uh, I want to start off by saying hello to Mr. Sergeant Drano. Sarge, how are you, sir? Oh, pretty good. How are you, Matt? Doing very good. And as I understand, your your baby is about to birth. You, you've <laughs> got your podcast ready to go. Is that right, sir? Yeah, well, uh, get, get there. hopefully it'll be ready by the time the day finally gets here. And that day is January 31st at 7.30 p.m., and hopefully by then, well, I will actually know what I'm doing. Uh, thanks a lot for taking some time with us today. We know your time's limited, so we won't keep you too long. Uh, what What would you like to tell us first of all about your podcast? Uh, well, it's the uh, it's the only podcast that uh, originates from an actual active Dharma station, an off island Dharma station called Station Seven. Uh, and uh, what I'm trying to do is make contact with other recruits from Dharma or other people that. Uh, that might be allies, to try and figure out uh, what the mysteries of Lost are and also what's going on around me since 
clearly Dharma is real since I'm in a Dharma station. So, you know, I got to try and figure out what's going on, why the, the, we got this show, and what it means to us in real life. Uh-huh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So, <laughs> trying to uh, solve the mysteries of the island uh, just from for your own personal sanities there, you folks who are still in the Dharma Initiative. That's right. And uh, in addition, we're, I'm also going to have uh, Season 7 survival tips for when the zombies rise after Lost Ends. Great! Right. That's, that's going to be that's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be a great listen. I can't wait to uh, I can't wait to hear it. Fantastic. And, uh, and uh, so, did, Sarge, I think before when we did the lost lost luggage uh, interview, uh, I think you told me, but I just want to make sure. Did you start lost at the very beginning, or did you come in later? Uh, yeah, I'd actually heard about the show before it uh, before it started airing. I had heard that there was going to be this show that took place on an island with crash survivors and all that, and uh, it sounded great even then. So yeah, I've been I've been there ever since the beginning, but really got hooked to course during walkabout, like like many of you guys did, I'm sure. Right on, very cool. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I'm guessing that you like I like myself uh, were huge fan of the show if not before then by walkabout oh yeah yeah it had its uh i mean i was intrigued before then but uh it was walkabout that sealed the deal and john Locke is my most favorite character uh so of course going into season six uh there's there's a lot up in the air as far as where the show is going to end up and i guess we'll all find out in a few days awesome so we uh uh are some things that you would want to see out of season six? Well, I definitely want, uh, and some of you might have heard me speak about how I think that the uh, this this new lot guy is may actually be the same character as the old lot guy. Uh, it's like kind of a reincarnation thing that the guy on the beach with Jacob at the beginning is actually the same character, uh, his, that his name actually is John, and that he somehow sort of reconstituted himself when Locke was born in 1956 and just grew up with no memory of his past until now. Uh, but one way or another, I would like our our real Locke character back, whether it turns out he really was this guy or whether this guy is impersonating him. Uh, one way or another, I do want Locke back. I don't want his story to end with his body just flopping out on the beach. Uh, that's to me. That's just really unsatisfying. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would love to see some way for them to, to, to find a way to include the, the what I think is the real lock, which I, I think is unfortunately in the coffin, or has been dumped out on the beach. But I, w- I would love <laughs> to see them way, a way to uh, incorporate him back into the story if they can, by some way, shape, or fashion, uh, for sure. Because he he's, he was and still is one of my my favorite characters as well. I certainly share that with you. Yeah, well, we'll see. What else are you thinking about season six? Um, well, um, I, I'm I'm a little bit spoiled, so I'm not going to say too much about it. I'm not going to say anything that's remotely a spoiler. Good. Um, Thank you. Uh, what am I thinking about season six? I guess I would say that uh, I'm curious as to see how people take the show as it gets closer to its ending, because it seems like that well the nature of the show has always been that it encourages its viewers to come up with answers to the mysteries that it presents, 
And consequently, you have a whole bunch of different camps of people that believe it's this thing or it's that thing or it's the other thing. And inevitably, as we start getting those answers, uh, people are going to start finding out that they're wrong about things. A lot of people are. And I think over the years, a lot of us have become invested in the various things that we think are true. And it'll, it'll be kind of interesting to see what kind of reactions that there there are to the end of Lost. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Leslie and I are going to continue our three words segment on the Keys to Lost podcast. And I quoted myself as saying uh, uh, many times, I'll probably, my three words will be at the end of an episode, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it should be it should be a lot of fun just to just to find out and it'll for me I think it'll be interesting also to see what they do kind of just leave uh, what doors they do leave open for interpretation as well because I, I think right. there might be some some of that going on as well. Oh yeah, they are still. It's, I think they're already starting to dodge in their interviews as far as how many answers they're going to give us. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Hey Leslie, you got any questions for the sergeant? Uh, no, you. I, I'm really enjoying hearing what he has to say, especially since your show's getting ready to start up soon, Sergeant Drano, and that's really cool and exciting. I like. I love the idea of it. I think. Um, I think you're right that nobody else is doing something exactly like that, and um, and it'll be very cool. Um, otherwise, you know, I just. I mean, I think. I think everything that everyone says tonight will be something that I want to know. You know, everything that you want to know, I want to know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everything that I want to know, you want to know. So. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm I'm hearing everything you're saying, and um, and I'm excited too. Okay. Well, very cool. It was good uh, talking to you guys, and I should probably get going now. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, I got something I need to attend to, uh, and okay. I will catch this on the uh, on the feed later on. All right. Thank you, Sergeant. Take it easy. Yep. See you guys later. Take care. Later. Bye. Bye. All right, and that was Sergeant Drano from the Station 7 podcast, uh, which will premiere on Sunday, January 31st of the evening. And I think I get to be a guest on that show, so I'm looking forward to that. Cool. Yeah, uh, I, I had to go back and look at my uh, uh, at my uh, Dharma Initiative recruitment file to find my number because I think you have to have your number to be able to talk on the show. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's serious wow. business. We're, we're talking, we're talking, it's all Dharma initiative for certain, for certain. Wow. Who else do we have on here with us? We still have, uh, <coughs> we still have Scotty Six on with us. It's hey, Matt. Good. How you doing? Good. Now, Scotty, uh, you are a fellow musician along with me and Leslie. Yeah, I'm an opera singer. The other, the other side of the coin, but the same right coin. <laughs> we're, we're, well, we're we're on the same coin, and yeah. we're down in, we're down in the pit playing for you to be the star. <laughs> over. So that's awesome. Uh, and uh, do you have any uh, upcoming performances you would like to plug? Um, the same day as the uh, Jane Jack podcast, I will be singing at Carnegie Hall, which I just found out, which is kind of nice. But uh, that's because I won a, a competition out here in New York. But uh, that's about it. That's my only plug right now. So if you can't go to North Carolina, if you can get a ticket to Carnegie Hall that day, I'll be singing. So. Wow, that's a nice gig to be plugging. Yeah, right? <laughs> Very cool. Well, if you can't see me in North Carolina, perhaps you could swing by Carnegie Hall and check me out <laughs> on March 20th. And you started your own, 
you've started your own podcast, sir, the Top Six and Six. Yeah, Top Six and Six with Scotty Six, where I talk this fast all the time so I can get through Top Six list in six minutes or less. But I won't talk that fast tonight, I promise. But, uh, yeah, check us out. We're having some fun. You know, I, it's, uh, I don't get a lot of time to record, um, which is why I went with the six-minute format, because I take care of my, my 14-month-old son every day, and then my wife comes home, and I'm with her, so I don't get too much time to do it. So that's why I try to keep them fast, keep them fun. And uh, I know, Matt, you sent a couple of good top six lists in we've done. So we have fun oh. over there. It, it's going to be lost, a lot of lost for a while, especially during season six, but... I try to. Th- we're going to try to throw in some non-lost stuff too to keep uh, other people interested. So. Very cool. Very cool. So, did you start watching uh, Lost at the very beginning, Scotty? Yeah, September twenty-second, two thousand four. I know my wife and I were just probably watching TV over the summer and saw. You know, it looked interesting. I think we said, <laughs> "Hey, it looks like uh, Castaway, but a series." Um, which you know, listening to what Darlton said since then was was pretty much how I think they pitched it to ABC. Or how J.J. Abrams did anyway, but uh, and I was hooked by, I think when they got to the uh, the uh, cockpit on that first A mission, and the monster got uh, Seth Norris. I think I was in from them, and I've I've never missed an episode since then. Right on, very cool. Uh, so, what are your thoughts about season six coming in? By the way, I just want to say I really love your whole theory about the uh, uh, non. The uh, repetitive comics uh, bringing unrest. I haven't found anything to prove that wrong yet. No, it, it's crazy. I mean, that was the one that I, you know, from the beginning of the show. I know we've talked about in, the, on the music side. That was sort of Jakino's big. Sorry to get a little off music here for those who maybe not be interested, but that was his big thing. Was that that tonic? Was everything ended on that note? You know, the piano and everything. And I sort of started realizing that probably towards the end of last year season five and then really through the rewatch that every time there was like a resolved scene that was theoretically resolved if that thing repeated something wasn't going to go well and it's been crazy how that's worked how i've watched that since then so i don't know how much he he knows but they must tell him something (laughs) you know the funny thing is is that everything i've read about mr giacchino in terms of his scoring and everything is that uh he doesn't even read any scripts in advance. He watches a a non-locked uh, cut of the of the of the show and scores to that, yeah. and then adjust adjust <laughs> adjust the score to the final cut and then records. You know, it, it, but it's it's amazing how, at least from a psychological standpoint of music, that he has uh, really been spot on with some of the things. You know. Well, of, they, of, of, I don't know how much budget they got from ABC, but what they do with that show, with scoring, has never been done on TV and is not done anywhere else. Even in the right. big budget, like HBO series and stuff like that, nobody does that extensive of a of an original score for every episode. So it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's just amazing, and uh, and how creative and and uh, ingenuitive he's been about bringing themes. Uh, to fruition in different ways to convey different things, you know, just through yeah. a different yeah. reharmonization or a different orchestration. It's been incredible. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I appreciate the fact that you, you've submitted your musical thoughts to, uh, <laughs> to our podcast as well as, as just uh, general theories, which I think is just fantastic. Thanks a lot. Yeah, no problem. Uh, what are you looking for in season six? What do you, what do you think has to be answered for one thing? Well, I think, you know, something I've just been thinking about the last couple of days is the, um, I heard someone mention on a podcast about the Army 
the U.S. Army and then that picture in the lamppost with the U.S. Army on it. And my, like, latest little crackpotty theory is that I think we are going to learn that the U.S. government has been a bigger player in the island's history than we know, and that I think my little weird little theory is that I think uh, Kelvin Inman was actually planted there by the CIA to learn more about the island. But I think that that... Whether that specifically or just the Army in general, that we're going to learn that it's not just Widmore, Ben, the others, whoever, that there's a lot more invested in finding out about the island from other groups. That That's my personal feeling. How, having said that, I do think what a lot of people said is true, and that's what I want to see, is that it's the lesser important people, just the, the human beings making decisions that will determine the course of that whether it's Jack or Hurley, Kate, whatever, that it won't be these big events and these big, you know, gods or demigods or whatever. It'll be Jack making one decision or Kate making a decision or Sawyer or somebody that those sorts of small free will decisions will be the deciding factor in whatever happens. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. Totally agree. Leslie, you have something to add to that? Uh, I, I agree as well. I, I don't think that they're going to build up these huge moments, you know, and they're not going to make they're not going to make season six like a cliche series of big moments where there's like this aha realization kind of thing. I I think that would be very unlost like. So I, I think you've got it right that it's you know it, it is based on the characters. We are going to see um, things happen that are you know that are that are seemingly related to small events that that, that equal out to something bigger. And I think we've seen that a lot in you know, in, in every season, really. I mean, I mean, even, even you know, when you see Ben make one decision turning one way or another in, the, in, the, in a, you know, in, right in the middle of a moment, the way that he does and the way that he's able to think on his feet and other characters as well, um, you know, we, we, we can see things change very quickly, you know, and that's, and I, I, I think we'll continue to see that. I think it'll stay true to Lost Fashion in that way. What else you got for us, Scotty? What are you thinking? Um, I, you know, I, I'm one of these guys that I don't mind the, uh, the shipping stuff as much as everyone else. I'm not like invested in it, but I think, you know, a lot of people seem to get down on that kind of stuff, but I bring it back to why the show is good. You know, I think when Sawyer and Juliet, um, at the end of the incident, when she's, you know, falling down the shaft, that's only good because we got emotionally invested. They, they fed us the seeds of their relationship earlier in the season and they built that. And if they hadn't done that, there's no point. No one would care. It's like, Oh, we got to save this woman. She's falling. Oh no, she fell. She died. She was our friend. Blah. That's what a bad show would do. And I think the investment of time in the relationships, while it can seem like it's delaying the quote unquote story, which we all want to see and which I want to see too, the investment by the writers in that stuff, the payoff is that Juliet falling down the swan shaft isn't just an important moment in the mythology and the story. It's this incredibly emotional moment for us and the characters. So I'm one of these people, I think we're not going to see a departure from investing time in the quote-unquote shipping stories and stuff like that. I think they're going to keep that up, even if it bothers some people, because I think the payoff 
of doing that early on is much better than if they just ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. Very agreed. Absolutely agree. Very, very well spoken. Cool. Uh, let's see. Let's bring in someone else in on the conversation. Who else do we have here? Stay with us, Scotty, if you can. No problem. Uh, Keith, Mr. Solo, how are you, sir? Fantastic. Razzle-dazzle, oh. baby. Right on. Keith, <laughs> the man of a million podcasts, and it's narrowing down now, and more of them yes. are Heath and Miss Heath and Miss Wendy. Of course, you can always catch the Lost Visited now. Please subscribe to them on iTunes. They are incredible. And uh, also, you will catch both of them now on the film list as well. Um, any new websites to announce or anything like that, Heath? Uh, we're at, well... We are building our film list website. Uh, Mr. Donald is actually on that, and so he's coming up with some great ideas, and it's getting there. So in the next coming months, we'll have an announcement of a new website. But you can always go to heathsworld.wordpress.com, little blog with a little bit of news and stuff. Awesome. Awesome. And, of course, Miss Wendy's blog is... Miss Wendy... Oh, no, uh, misswendy.wordpress.com. All right, there we go. That's it's about okay. bunnies. That's... It's the name of the blog, yes. Right. And oh, her email is bunnies hat, so <laughs> there's bunnies everywhere, you know? Yeah, well, I just, uh, I just recently listened to the Bunny Awards for the incident with uh, you and Donald and Anna right. from in- Anna in Indiana and Denise uh, from yes. the Jacob's Cabin podcast and Miss Wendy. It was excellent. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. No problem. Yeah. And uh, so as a podcaster, uh, me and you were talking earlier on uh, on another call about uh, the problems of, of try- getting so close and, and trying to avoid <coughs> You know, uh, mm-hmm. and, and you've been fairly successful, I hope. Yeah. No, I've been doing very well. Uh, I'm starting to get that itchy tr- trigger finger clicking on some of those sites but i've decided i'm not going to because <laughs> we're a week away i've been doing so well so yeah i'm just uh trying to stay focused and i think like everyone else when that sunset on the beach party happens a lot of us are going to stay off twitter stay off the internet at least loss related and just you know try to wait this thing out well, for one thing, I don't want things to taint my theories at this point. <laughs> you know, uh, another thing is because uh, if I'm going to be wrong, I want to be wrong for what I believe in, not for something that I, I think you know might happen uh, due to some filming report or something like that. Sure, um, sure, and it and it's tough too, especially because there's some great podcasts out there that actually give film like the transmission and the ODI, which I really enjoy, but it's so tough. Like you have to condition yourself to shut it off if you don't want to know, right. you know? And if you say, well, no, listen, just a little, and then you get caught in to the whole thing. So, yeah, you know, because I've kind of taken back and try not to theorize too much just because I'm almost like, you know what, this season, I mean, I still theorize we did a podcast yesterday, 108 questions that need, that are going to be answered or may not be answered or we want answered. And I'm going to try to just enjoy, after getting like a year and a half of podcasting under our belt, I'm going to try to become a fan again and watch and try to not, because 
I just really am interested in the characters this season. I want to know the fates of the ones I like. I want to know if we're going to get more Desmond. What's the fate of Sawyer? Is he going back to Sawyer? Going to stay kind of LaFleur-ish, the leader? What's going on with Jack? And so there's a lot, you know, Hurley, Ben. I mean, there's so much going on that I'm so eager to find out. But it's going to be sad, too, because we're going to go through and be like, okay, was this our last centric episode of our character, you know, and, you know, are some characters going to die? And we are we done with that? You know, so it's that, that scary feeling of, oh, my God, this is it. Yeah. This is the end. We've invested five years of our lives and countless hours on the computer and on podcasts and talking with fans and listeners and friends. It's, uh, it's exciting, but at the same time, it's going to fly by so fast. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You know, and 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 here we are. We're all gearing up. We've only got seven days left until the uh, the whole world sees the first uh, two episodes of, of season six. And and then you think about that. There's there's only sixteen hours left after that. Only sixteen yeah. uh, sixteen episodes left of Lost after that. And uh, we've been waiting so long. It's almost like hurry up and get here. Hurry up and get here. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, gee. Maybe slow down just a little bit. <laughs> I know. It's like we can't TiVo our lives and pause it if we feel it, you know? We yeah. have to keep going. Uh, what would be the worst thing? If something came up on season six uh, that just totally disappointing to you, what do you think that would, would be? Is there a certain story point that you just don't care to see, or is there a certain uh, uh, reveal that you don't really want to know that um, you would rather yeah, see left I got a few things, actually. Um, you know, when it comes down to it, especially with Lost, because it's such a rewatchable show, and that though you may not be in love with an episode, when you watch it back with the context of other episodes, they become better. Perfect example, The Life of De- and Death of Jeremy Bentham. I didn't really like the episode uh, when I first saw it. I mean, I liked it, but I wasn't, I was like, okay. Like that lock and Walt scene, I wasn't a big part. You know, I was like, oh, man, what a waste. But in rewatching it, when the Blu-rays came out, I love that episode now. It's got a lot more meaning. So that part of it, I mean, I'm going to be excited either way. But there are some things I, not so much if they answer this, I don't care because I pretty much care about mostly everything. But there's a few things. I do not want Sawyer to die. <laughs> but if he, but but again, if he does a heroic death to save someone, then I'll probably be happy. Um, I don't want the Desmond story to be over, and I just don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, I really, I just hope our losties aren't just pawns, and they don't mean as much as we think. That would be disappointing to me. Uh, I want more of the. And, and what what is the end? What is? Are they fighting for the island? Is a war coming? I really want to know what the end is about. And that's one of the things I'm sure we'll get, but I'm really curious to find that out. Um, and I really want to see Walt again. And I'll be really upset if we don't get anything with Walt. That will bother me. Well, I can tell you that Leslie's right in your camp there, aren't you, Leslie? I am. <laughs> Walt and Claire, I'm just like, you know, where are these people? And if, you know, I mean, I, I, I have a strong feeling that we're going to get to see both of them in season six. Um, mm-hmm. If we didn't, I, I, I would be... I would be upset. Yeah, with the, I'm with you, Leslie. I mean, it's like they pumped him up 
a, a centric episode was named special after him. The others right. took over. Like, come on. He's given orders to Locke, like his work isn't done. And so it's like, come on. And if the last scene of him is, hey, uh, take care of Miss John, uh, gotta go back to class. <laughs> like, that would be disappointing to me. Yes, Can I have a no? question for one second? Yeah. Can I interrupt for one second? Sorry, I know, Heath, this is your time. I, just because <laughs> okay. you mentioned that, that Walt, the Walt giving uh, John instructions, I... I was just thinking about this today when I was writing down some stuff about Hurley and uh, taller ghost Walt above the uh, Dharma pit there to John. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the only time that we've ever seen a manifestation of someone on the island who's currently alive and not on the island. And I don't mm-hmm. know if that's an aberration by the writers mm-hmm. or what that means, but that in the rewatch, that really jumped out at me, and I just wanted to get... Oh yeah. On that, he, he <laughs> Walt is at that moment alive and not on the island, and yet he shows up as a manifestation on the island, and that's yeah. the only time that's happened. Everyone else we see is either dead or currently on the island. And what's interesting, Scotty, is that, and we were led to believe at that time maybe that he's growing up. So it could be him in that time in his life. I know he's a young boy as an actor and he's growing. But if they are using that, that's interesting, too. It's not like we see Christian or someone who looks the same. He looks different than when he left the island. Right. So I don't know if that's a play well, on to it. Me, like, I've, I made that argument to someone else, and they said, well, it could be that it was just John like dreaming him or John's consciousness showing him something. But mm-hmm. my argument is that, is that if it was, it, then it's a really bad writing choice to use the actor because he's clearly older. And, sure, they make, sure. and then they make specific mention of it on the show that he looked older. Mm-hmm. So, like, to me, that's just every other time when we see Walt appear to Shannon, he's on the island, or at least on Hydra Island, you know? But, and, and we see other people, they're either dead or off the island or whatever, but that moment, he's someone who is not dead and is not on the island, and he's appearing as a vision. And I think that I don't know if that's going to play in, but it definitely jumped mm-hmm. out at me this year. So, yeah. Sorry, sorry to. Yeah. Oh no, no, <laughs> no, no that's, that's great. That's what we do. That's what we do. Got to get it in there. No, and, and my thing too with Desmond is, like, at the end of season four when he reunited with Penny, a lot of people thought, "Wow, it happened already." Ooh, that could mean they're maybe they're going to die or whatever. And then last year we had the scare. But that scene in the hospital, to me, is almost like, I know Hawking said, the island's not done with you, but I got a little scared like it's over. And what is, you know, what is going to make Desmond come back to the island if he does? You know, so I don't know. And Desmond's such a popular character, I'm just surprised they don't use him more. Like, especially this past season and hopefully this season, it, it just... That's something that I'm really disappointed in. We got Jughead, a few scenes here and there, and that was it of Desmond. It wasn't too much to him, you know. So I, that that that's the one, that and the Walt thing are probably the two things that really I'm I'm gonna have trouble with if that's all we do get. So yeah, yeah I, I want I do wonder about about Desmond though, and I hate to bring it into sort of the breaking the fourth wall, you know. with uh, the actors I know there was an issue there was a legal issue going on on Mm -hmm. the set and I I do wonder if they were hedging their bets 
till that got resolved. And they, you know, I hate to, I always hate to think about this story in the real world terms of sure. actors and writers and stuff. But I do wonder if they were sort of playing it safe, not knowing what they could do and what they couldn't do. And now that that's resolved, I wonder if we're going to see a lot more Desmond. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I have this weird feeling with Desmond is that he, I don't even know if he was, I mean, we, me and Donald and a few other people, we talked about this, how with Echo, Echo was going to play more of a, a part in maybe Locke's storyline, possibly Desmond. And when they lost Echo, the actor, when he left the show, uh, they kind of, because they almost seemed like they weren't going to use Desmond as much. And then they kind of did. And, and so we got more of Desmond. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. I, want, I don't know if we'll ever know that. But uh, maybe, you know, maybe they're just... It could go either way. Either they're going to bring him back, and or they're just like we used what we wanted to, which is kind of just sad for me because he's one of my favorite characters. So hopefully we'll get Desmond and maybe a little Penny too while we're at it. Yeah, you know it's funny uh, with the way that uh, Flash Forward was kind of broke up. I don't know what it was in terms of their shooting schedule, but maybe mm-hmm. there was some maybe there was some time in there for Sonya Walder to. Uh, get in there and film a couple scenes too which would be awesome yeah i think too the good thing is is you hate to speculate and all that but with it also being an abc show there's definitely they can definitely work around it um and 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 with lost schedule different you know so there's ways it'll just it'll be pretty hectic for sonia wilder but uh you know, it's doable, you know, since Splash Ford's an ensemble cast and it's not just her in every scene. It's not like Jack Bauer in 24 where there's no way he'd be able to, you know, but it, so that's a good thing that they're both ABC shows. So, you know, hopefully, and we didn't get a lot of her anyway when she wasn't even on the show. There was only, you know, certain episodes and stuff, but I think if she's going to be a part of the story, they'll use her. They'll find a way. Yeah, I agree. Leslie, you got any thoughts about any of this? Uh, no, I'm I'm just listening. I'm just kind of taking it all in right now. Yeah, he does a uh, as, as a person who's in that profession. Um, I'm assuming that you probably are more on the inside, of, and of course, doing that clinic with uh, Josh Holloway, probably mm-hmm. much more on the inside of how those things kind of work. And and uh, what what's your take on on uh, the way the the actors? work the scripts as well do you think they're given much leeway in what they can do or um i well i i think there's definitely early on actor suggestions like terry o'quinn and michael emerson like where you got an evangeline lily uh me and alex talked about this a little bit how there's always character questions like well you know where they feel the character would make a certain choice and the producers are open to that and, and, the, and, of course, the bigger star you are, the more you can kind of tinker with that. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm sure they have meetings with their uh, reg, season regulars, like your Matthew Fox and everything, and talks. But there's a give-and-take relationship usually. Now, sometimes there isn't. It's like, this is the way it goes. And, and I think with the last season, they probably maybe sort of know where their characters are going. But for the most part, 
See, the problem is you got what your actors kind of want to do, but then you got your producers, your writers, and then you have your network. And that's where we run into some problems because the network is just so different sometimes in the creative aspect. They want to go with what sells, shipper stuff, Josh Holloway with his shirt off and stuff like that where maybe the writers want to do the constant. So there is a give and take. You got to choose which battles to fight. But I think for the most part, actor-wise, there might be some choices, but I don't know if they, they may voice their concerns, but I don't think some of them don't have enough power to be like, boom, I want to hook up with Juliet this season, make it happen, you know? I think especially Josh Holloway kind of goes with it and kind of, you might have some suggestions. It, it's all a give and take throughout. But Damon and Carlton are, I mean... They got an end date. They have power there. So I think they they are the ones that kind of are setting it up. So it's all a give and take all the way around. But uh, I'm sure Terry O'Quinn and Michael Emerson, being the veterans they are, uh, do have some say in how their characters go. I got to believe that. How much? You know, I don't know. Because I know Terry O'Quinn had a little problem with Locke's character in season two. And then we saw a big change in season three. So I don't know if that was Terry O'Quinn influence or the writers just... Because like if I'm Matthew Fox and I'm telling everyone, or if I'm Jack Shepard, this is work. This never felt so right. This is our destiny. And his plan doesn't work. It just makes him look so bad. <laughs> you know? And it's like, <laughs> would you really want to play a character that's turning into Locke, I guess? Or, or young early Locke? So, but I try, I'm trying not to think of that type of stuff too much because I don't know. It's like, you know, I gotta, we gotta trust the writers. We've gone this long. I have a good feeling they're gonna make us happy. We're probably not gonna love everything, but you know, let's go, let's just enjoy the ride. You know, as much as I want to get mad if they don't have a lot of Desmond or that, you know, I'm just, who am I kidding? I'm going to enjoy it. And it's still going to be one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah, right on. And uh, congratulations to you, sir. I guess it's okay to say this about your appearance in a movie, which is in the Sundance Film Festival. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, buried. Uh, I have a small part in it, uh, but my really good friend who uh, directed me in a film a few years ago, who I actually was my old roommate out here, uh, wrote the script. Buried. Got it sold by a Spanish company, and they got Ryan Reynolds to star in it. And they brought it to Sundance, and it sold to Lionsgate for 3.2 million, same amount Miles asked for. For <laughs> wow. and yeah, it's it's. I mean, I could say this. Pretty much the whole movie is Ryan Reynolds in a co character, Paul Conroy in a, in a coffin. So, but he's he's got a cell phone. He's calling people. He's and so I'll just say I play one of the soldiers who attempts to rescue him, if you will. And so I got a I got about you know like ten or fifteen lines in the film, but there's a few lines. So podcasting listeners will be able to hear my voice. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, it was a really it was a really fun day. Uh, and Samantha Mathis, who played uh, Horace's, well, we don't know if it's the what, is, what was her name, Olivia. She 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 plays uh, Ryan Reynolds' character's uh, wife in the film. So a lost alum there. So yeah, it's going really well. My buddy's blowing up and uh, pulling us along with him. So it's good stuff. Fantastic! Congratulations! Congratulations. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a really 
it's something when you know someone who, you know, something big happens, but when it's one of your own, you know, one of, one of your best friends who is really, really succeeding. And I mean, he didn't even, I didn't ask, he said, Hey, I got a little part for you. I was able to get you a little cameo in there. So I shot one day and it, it was great, but it was like, geez, I mean, you, you definitely, it was definitely, it was a lot of fun. And I mean, they're talking possibly Oscar buzz and all that. So it'd be very cool to be a part of a film like that. So who knows where the next step goes, but, uh, Good stuff, good stuff. Who else do we have on here? We have Donald. Donald is lost. Is on. Donald, how you doing, sir? Um, I'm doing good, but you caught me at a bad time. I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> you guys planned that. No. The, the no I'm not funny. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing great, man. Thanks. All right. Oh, man. So, uh... How is everything going over there in, in multiple podcast land for you? <laughs> it's really stressful right now. I, you know, undertaking three podcasts really taking their toll on me, but I'm trying to, you know, stick through and just make it, I guess. Yeah, man, I'm really getting into your X-Files podcast. Great stuff, man. Thanks. Yeah, and the, the Fringe podcast, of course. It, I, for those of you who don't know, and I'm sure you've heard on our podcast me talk about Fringe before, but... Donald is the one that I credit for getting me involved in the show at all because I wasn't paying any attention to it. Uh, him and Jed from Losties with Jed and Kara, they both were mentioning it, mentioning it a lot. And uh, But I started watching it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I, I think I watched the whole first season in like a week. He <laughs> ran through it. Yeah, I, I really did run through it. And then, uh, I, I've had the, the good fortune of, of uh, guest hosting with you on a, on a couple of your fringe podcasts or at least on one, and uh, it was a great deal of fun, and it made me really sit back and, and kind of go back and rewatch them a little more closely, and it's it's really an entertaining show, so thanks for turning me on to that, sir. Oh, no problem. I mean, it's something to do whenever Lost is off, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, so, of course, you and I have a very... Uh, Someone cooking? Uh, Someone doing dishes? <laughs> uh, it's, it's Leslie me. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's dinner time Leslie. here, but I'm still on. Oh, it's Leslie. It's, it's, it's Aohara. All right. All right. Yeah, um, I'm here. <laughs> See, y'all didn't think I should be on without talking, did you? No. <laughs> I've been on for a while. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> Donald, do you uh, uh, you got any uh, big things that you would really be disappointed in other than the obvious uh, ones that we've talked about before uh, if Season 6 comes out and does something? Uh, or you can talk about that, too, if you wish. But uh, any, anything in Season 6 that would really disappoint you if it turns out one way or another? Um, as far as disappointing, you know, I, I was actually thinking about this a while ago. And I, I had a podcast earlier with A.O. Horror, and I was asking her the question, and it made me really think again, like, what would really disappoint me? And, you know, the more I think about it, the more I trust the writers and I say, you know, whatever they decide to do, even though I might be upset, I'm not going to lie. If, say, for instance, a reset. If they reset everything, I'll be I'll be mad and you'll hear about it in my show. But overall, I don't think it'll, it'll right destroy... Yeah, I don't think it'll destroy my, my love for the show. And I trust that, you know, whatever they do, however it comes out early, like... Say, for instance, if it, if it looks like a reset, we're watching the first three episodes, it looks like a reset. 
I trust that, you know, they'll flip it around on us and they'll they'll make it okay. Same way they did with uh, John Locke last year, because I was really upset when he just came back to life. thought that was really right. cheap, but then they, they flipped it on us. So, I mean, the, the, the thing that about loss is that you never really know. I mean, you can think you know, and you watch six episodes in, and you're like, oh, I know, and then you really don't know at all. So right. I'm just going right. to... It's going to put a, put a certain amount of trust on the rider this year. Yeah, I, I agree, man. It, it, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I'm one of those guys that just doesn't believe this in just about anything that Damon and Carlton say, and that's something to do yeah. with the technical aspect of the show. And uh, so I, I figure that they've been flip-flopping on us on a number of things that they've spoken about before, but it never keeps them from actually delivering, you know, uh, regardless of, of how how they how they tend to maybe jar us around or not, or maybe some things we'll find out that they were we think they were lying and they'll actually be telling us the truth the whole time or whatever. It all it always they always end up getting a team together that delivers um, pretty much uh, good, surprising, invigorating you know show. It's it's stories. I mean, I agree with you totally. Yeah. So. Uh, just uh, it's it's a matter of how they protect the goods, I guess. Yeah, I mean and, I haven't had a problem with anything they've done so far. I mean uh, little little nitpick things maybe here and there, but overall I enjoy the story and I'm still watching it. So they, you weren't sad when Charlotte died. That didn't bother you? <laughs> well, uh, as much what as it did bother me, I know. Hey, I, I can bring him back. I mean, like, but um, when a character dies. It does bother me, but, you know, the same thing happens in real life. You know, you lose a parent. It's all a part of the story, so I can accept it, you know. Okay. All right. Nicely put. Right, I didn't want to make anyone cry with that, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, Donald, because I, 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 the only thing I really get upset, I mean, I'll be upset, upset, I guess in a good way, but, like, when characters die too early, Mr. Echo, oh, that Mr. one Echo. still bugs me. Yeah. That still bugs me. Uh, but if and even Rousseau in season four, I was a little upset about that. Carl, eh? No, sorry, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what the Brady bunch is, uh, Carl. So. I was traumatized but, yeah. with Alex. Not the, not that she died, but the way she died was really jarring. Oh yeah. Alex died. Yeah, but I I'm with you. I was bummed when Echo died. I thought he was really cool. A priest who bludgeons. I mean, come on, it's awesome. <laughs> so I was bummed when he left, but yeah. I don't know. You never know. He might pop back up. He might. They all might. Who knows? Yeah. Speaking speaking of popping up, okay, Donald, so why don't you give us a rundown on all of your podcasts? I'm going to make you do a shameless plug. <laughs> on all of them? Oh, man. Oh, let's see. Pull out the notebook to scroll here. Ballroom no, dancing. <laughs> Green Bay Packers fan. Uh, no, um, I do. I do um, the X Files podcast, which you can find at xfilespodcast.com. That was the first podcast that I ever envisioned to do, and that's that's my um, brainchild, I guess. And that's what I'm going to be doing for years to come. We just finished season one, and it took me a year to do it. So we started on. Hopefully, it'll take another year and. And nine years from now, I'll be finishing up, hopefully. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the only problem with that. It's like it's a it's a lot of stuff to cover, but I, I don't have a problem doing it. Uh, then I do the Lost podcast, DonaldIsLost.com, and that's kind of like my experimental. You know, I, I keep the X Lost podcast pretty much. You know, I'm doing a few few skits and stuff with it now, but 
uh, the Dollars Lost podcast, I just do whatever comes in my brain. I'll, I'll throw out a skit. I'll do voices. I don't care. And it's you know, wonderful. It's Thank and you. And it's wonderful. So fun. So Thank fun you. I really you. appreciate that. Because, I, you know, I, I've been getting stuff um, here and there like, what is this? What is this? <laughs> live or something? Like, no, everyone's not. Everyone's not. It's funny. This is called, yeah. this is what's funny, right? This is to laugh, and there's nothing wrong with yeah. it. It's, it's not anything to make you feel yourself. I hate when they don't get the joke. Like, you said you don't get them? Well, I said I hate when they don't get the joke. They're like, it's funny. Yeah. You know it's, what I mean? It's, not, it's supposed to be taken lightly, you know? Yeah. Making fun of myself. But, you know, there's people out there, just just like you know, A.O.H.R., you know, there's people out there that would just say stuff just to hurt you or, yeah. you know, jealousy, whatever, whatever it might be, but... You know, uh, I, I do what I want with that show, and that's, that's my baby. And I'll act a, a complete idiot on it to, from now until 16 years from now. I don't care. <laughs> but, um, and, and the most recent show that I started is the Fringe Podcast, and you can find it at fringepodcast.net. And basically, I wanted to take all of the, the relationships and the friendships that I've made over the Internet and kind of incorporate it into one podcast. So um, I chose the show Fringe, and I don't really have a co-host. I'm not a permanent one, at least. I kind of keep it going. You know, we had Matt on there. I had Jed from Lost Diesel, Jed and Kara. Um, Heath, Anna. I uh, hope I'm not with Axel. I have, I have everyone on there. Anyone who wants to come on, I mean, you pretty much just have to say, hey, can I come on? And that's how we, that's how we run that one. It's kind of like just a, just a fun podcast. And also we're breaking down episodes of French. Right, that's fine. <laughs> and speaking of shameless plug, we have with us uh, Aohura. Who is calling from the island. The calling from island. the island. And boy, yeah. I tell you what, there are some pretty darn excited people hovering all over this place because they're expecting so many people to come. It's like yeah. it's like Thanksgiving, and everyone you've ever been related to or ever met is coming. It's like everybody's scrubbing everything down, and the restaurants are getting all ready, and they're really excited. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a pretty big media frenzy as well as just a... a, a a lot of people coming to see the show too, right? I um I spoke with the um the event coordinator at Waikiki Improvement Association and she's the one who worked with ABC to set everything up and she said that they are doing a full red carpet, full press core red carpet junket. Um yeah, which is a big deal here. When you dress up in Hawaii, you're in shorts and a aloha shirt, right? <laughs> they don't do tux- yeah. They don't do tuxes like that. So they're, they're, everybody's really excited to, you know, to focus some really positive attention on Waikiki and, and on Hawaii. And, and um, the Lost guys, I think, have really been like, we just want to say something nice about our home now that we're leaving. You know what I mean? Because they're, they're all going to move away. So, yeah, they're really excited. And I'm excited, too, because I'm taking my flip, and I'm going to take pictures and video of everybody I can get my hands on. Because I think it's going to be like a big reunion. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe just, just, just a small, big weekend. <laughs> exactly. Well, she she said they had 8,000 people come to the season three Waikiki premiere, and that was in the pouring rain. She expects possibly double, like 12. She says, I'm, I'm you know, a lot, probably 10, 12 is what she's expecting. Wow. That's a lot of people on this teeny island. Yes, that is, that is amazing. And a lot of people just sitting there on uh, Waikiki Beach. <laughs> I've been there. Like, hey, yeah, people who don't know that it's lost, they're like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> it's like planning your honeymoon in Vegas during the Elvis convention. You know, not a good idea. Uh, right on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, 
So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your blog or blog? Um, I am just, I'm part of a team that's just starting up on lostblog.com. And it is a, uh, it's still under renovation, but what it is is a project that's about lost fans. Like, we want to talk about lost fans. We want to see your stories. We're trolling the Internet for lost created art. And we're trying to create almost like a lost yearbook, you know, and because the fans have really become an elemental part of the, the whole experience. You know, the connections they've made overseas, their friends, online friends they've never met are coming to Hawaii and they're going to get together for the first time. You know, that's really cool. And, um, and so that's what, I'm, that's what I'm about. I'm, I'm doing a couple of interviews. I'm going to be your recapper. Um, and uh, so that, I really, we, we're starting our own shop on Cafe Press. We haven't quite finished putting it together yet, but um, yeah, we're really excited. These are the guys who brought you the Disney petition. Okay, John, um, who is now Lost Boss on Twitter, he's the one who came up with the Disney petition that Damon and Carlton signed, and it's really, really funny. Um, I think it's hilarious. I don't know why everybody didn't get the joke. I thought it was really funny. But um, he, once, it, once he finished it, it had 4,815 signatures. He mailed it to me. So now I'm sitting on this petition trying to figure out a way to give it to Damon and Carlton. And, yeah, they're heavily guarded. <laughs> I, might, I might not yeah, be able to do that. I'll throw it over their heads. I don't know. Throw it at their car. Something like that. So, um, but, yeah, we're excited to be there. We're, I'm really glad I could help out the blog to be here to document things. But it's, it's, it's just going to be a phenomenal event. Phenomenal. All right. Awesome. So tell us, uh, you actually, you, you've sat in as an extra on a couple of scenes. Is that correct? I have. I was an extra on the show twice. Um, the first time I was at Christian's funeral in season four, and in season five, I was behind the receptionist desk at um, the magic show. When Jack go, we find out Jack has granddad. He walks into the, the old folks' home. I'm sitting behind that desk. I don't make it on camera, um, but that's okay. Uh, it was just a really, really fun experience. And, and Chris, Christian's um, funeral was an interesting thing because it had so many. Usually, if you look at Lost, if there's no people in the background, they don't have any people there. They don't let people hang around, right? Mm-hmm. They had like over 100 extras that day hanging around all day on set. So I got to hang out and talk to all these really cool people all over the island. And uh, it, was, it was just fun. But I tell you what, those guys on that set work their tails off. They are working, working, working. It is not... You know, oh, let's smile for the camera today. It's down nitty gritty. They take hundreds of takes. Uh, it takes they do things over and over again, and they work really hard. So it, that doesn't surprise me because how, how good the show turned out in the end. But yeah, that experience was really fun. I wish I could have done it this year, but by the time I got around to it, I'm like, uh oh. Well, I don't want to be spoiled. <laughs> I don't want to know anything, so I'm not going to apply this year. But yeah, it was really fun. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, do you uh, uh, have anything? Is there anything that would stick out in your mind in season six if you saw happen? That you'd say, oh man, that's a bummer. I would be bummed. I'm like Donald. If they reset and start all over again, um, I would be bummed. But I'm also like Donald that if you think that's what happened, they're gonna pull the rug out from under you, right? Because I don't think that's what's gonna happen. But um, I would be bummed if we don't get some conclusive answers, right? Not everything, yeah. but I want to know what the island is and how it works. I want to know what the smoke monster is and how it works, and if I don't hear that, I'm going to be mad, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I can hear that. Hey, Kate, and so- you know, Kate, Sawyer, Jack, I don't care. I, don't- I mean, I think Jack um, 
it's going to be the hero of our story, and you know, my prediction is it's going to be a really kind of a sad ending for him. I think. I think that's just my opinion. But yeah, I'll be ticked um, if they don't tell us some answers. And I'll also be mad if, if like something really, really weird happens, like Olivia Dunham on Fringe like goes into a warehouse and opens all these canisters, and all our losties are in these canisters. That's going to make me mad. That would make me upset. But pretty much anything they do, no matter how weird or bizarre it is, is so carefully constructed. I'm happy. You know, so if you blow everything that I think out of the water, I think that's great. Unpredictability. I love that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely some unpredictability there. Uh, we have another caller in here. Is this Northern Virginia? Hello? Oh, oh hello. It's uh, Mr. Bad, Steve. Hello, Mr. Bad. Oh, uh, from badlossblogs.com? Uh, or Bad Loss? Yes. That's it. Why don't you tell us Oh, it's uh, B-A-D-D, two Ds, because we're extra damned. Bad Laws Theories, uh, you can just Google Bad Laws Theories, but it's, uh, uh, here you go, I'll put it in the blog. Um, yeah, it's, it's a blog about Lost, comparing it to the themes in the Dark Tower series. Okay, very cool, very cool. Uh, how long have you been watching the show, sir? Um, I started uh, the second season. So, uh, a friend of us turned it on to us, and they gave us the uh, the DVDs for the first season. And I I love watching the DVDs straight through. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's I did it from uh, season three too. I, my first episode was flashes before your eyes, if you can imagine that. And uh, uh, I was thoroughly, thoroughly confused. And the friend said, No, no, no. You got to go back and watch it from the beginning. And I'm like, Okay. So I got the, the first two season DVDs, and I was like, Okay. Now, now I'm ready, and I had to catch up with the uh, online, you know, uh, watching. And I think I finally caught up everything by uh, Left Behind. That's when I finally caught up. But it was uh, it was quite an experience seeing all of that. Uh, have you guys experienced that too? Going back with these rewatches, uh, anybody can talk on this, but uh, going back with these rewatches, watching the episodes more in a row has has the whole story flowed for you better. The questions, the questions always have seemed less. Um, mysterious to me. I don't know if that sounds right. I mean, I remember back, especially like season two, I had a friend of mine that we would talk like every, uh, maybe it was Thursday morning back then. I can't remember what night it was on. But, you know, those sort of questions. I mean, when the ori- when the orientation film happened in season two, that was like, I mean, there was five days after of like, oh my God, what's this? And this whole thing. And then when you watch it straight through DVDs, you're like, you're getting, you're getting the little spliced bit from the arrow station the next morning when you pop in the DVDs rather than eight weeks later or whatever it was, you know, and it was, so that in the rewatches, I mean, I don't want to say it's disappointing. It's just, it was such a different experience because the big things didn't seem big, but mm-hmm. the little things like seemed huge. I know like I, I'm not one of these reset people necessarily, but I think Matt, I might even send you an email about this. Like right when I started rewatching the pilot, if you put in pilot part one and you think to yourself, Kate, Jack, and Sawyer have done this before and watch the first 10 minutes of the pilot, it almost works. Like mm-hmm. when you watch them, their reactions, like especially Sawyer's reaction with his cigarette and that kind of stuff, like those little things that I never even thought about looking at jumped out like crazy to me. I enjoy watching them from the pilot all over again because to me they're all different. 
like they look differently because of what I know at the end of the season finale. So I end up, I tell myself, no, I don't need to do that, but I end up rewatching them anyway. And when I'm watching them, I'm like, oh my God, I never noticed that. Oh my God, I never noticed that either. So I love doing rewatch. I have not had much time to do that this time, but. It's they, frustrating though, because you pick out all these new details that you have no idea what they mean. Like, I didn't see that the first time and it wasn't, it wasn't bothering me, but now I saw it and like, I still <laughs> have no idea what it means. <laughs> Yeah, I, I see more than where I'm more confused. That's happened before. I'm like, gosh, I never noticed that before. And now I used to think I knew what was going on, and now I'm completely good. That just doesn't work. That's a I mean, From the very first scene of, of the show, when, when Jack's laying in you know, the, the woods there, someone told me, if you look, you can see you know, uh, Ben's beatdown sticks sitting next to him. And it looks like it's there. I'm going, well, how the heck did that get there? <laughs> Beat down stick. I like that. <laughs> His expandable little baton. I, somebody also tied in that uh, one book about from Bozik, uh He mentions about when Locke is like right in the, 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 the first uh, pilot, I think the second episode of the pilot, when he's like sitting next to the wreckage. You can hear like two seconds of the, um, uh, the, uh, the sound of the, the black smoke. Mm-hmm. That's eerie. That's I just uh-huh. don't fuck with you can hear it in the plane, like when the plane's crashing. Mm-hmm. I can't get over what they're doing with sound on that show. It's amazing. But you, it, like you say, you don't look at it until you get there. You know what I mean? You have to go back to find it. Mm-hmm. But they're planting all that stuff and then finding it later makes me happy because I'm like, oh, okay, they know what they're doing because they, get, they put these clues in and now I'm at the end of season three, I can finally see them, you know? That's what I like. That makes me happy. They, I, I'm in the yeah. camp that they absolutely are are writing the plan that they thought of, and and that you the the couple times where they may have had to stray, whether it was season three, not knowing if there was an end date, whether it was writer strike time, whether it was you know expanding Ben's character after Michael Emerson did such a great job. I mean, if you go back and watch, I know I think on the Black Rock We Watch podcast they talked a lot about this, and especially in the beginning of season one. The, the investment in the, the John Locke uh, smoke monster relationship is, is too involved to not have them have known that's where they were going with what we saw at the end of season five. There's yeah, too, I agree with you. Too much, I agree with you. Way too much there for them not to be on the track. And sure, you know, they might have taken some diversions. We won't talk about Stranger in a Strange Land. He oh, my God. That. that was the worst show. <laughs> I'll stick a piece oh, in that. Great. I think I've read my email. That's, that's oh, one God, of the few that I, I stick with that. I actually don't mind that episode so much. I know everyone hates me for that. But, um, you know, I think that they definitely, I no matter what other people try to say, whatever the end game is, I know he was talking about that before, <laughs> that end game was in uh, Damon Lindelof's head when they started the show. I'm co- utterly convinced of it. Yeah, I can't too, but from I, a practical point of view, like there's no way you can pitch a show they're going to spend millions and millions and millions of dollars on if a you don't know the ending and b the ending sucks, right? They're not going to they're not going to give you the money. They're not going to give you the job. So I'm resting my hopes on that. <laughs> uh, I think we have another caller in here. Let's see, New York, are you there with us again? Yeah, sorry about that. I was just having a problem with the chat room, so I had to hang up. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. Uh, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fine. Good. Uh, have you started watching Lost Season 6 from the beginning? 
Uh, ask me, no, I picked it up in the highest between season two and season three. Right on. And did you go back and watch all of the uh, season one and season two DVDs before you, or did you launch into season three as you were uh, getting the DVDs for season two? Uh, no, actually, this channel, G4, they were re-showing the episodes from the beginning, so I just waited up on buying DVDs till I finished season three first. Oh, right on. Cool, cool. Uh, so, uh, I think uh, you've called into the show before a couple of times and, and, and posed some great thoughts about uh, certain theories and that, and we certainly appreciate that. What are you, uh, what are you expecting out of season six? Uh, pretty much, I... Uh, if I learn anything else besides what the smoke monster is, I'll be surprised. <laughs> really? <laughs> low hopes. Really low hopes. Low standards. You're guaranteed to be happy then. That's great. I should do that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. Uh, would, there, would there be anything that would totally disappoint you uh, to not find out or to, or to find out in a way that you didn't expect? Uh, the only thing I'll really hate to find out is if it's an alternate timeline. I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you, you've got a few people in your camp here. We've got uh, uh, Donald and and Amy are both very anti-reset or alternate timeline. Well, I don't know if they're alternate timeline. Uh, we we have a kind of a difference of definition as to what reset and alternate timeline mean. For me, and and you guys can can throw it at me if, if you wish. But for me, the the whole thought is that uh, we're going to see two timelines of of our characters happening at the same time uh, with them being virtually the same age and actually being two different bodies. Although but, I'm uh, sure that that's going to happen. I'm just going to not like it. You're just not going <laughs> to like it. I, I, I got you. I got you. Um, well, I, I think that there's probably a few people in that camp. They don't want to see anything where people might have to come back to the island again or, or they don't want to see what's happened to our sisters in the, in the first five seasons not matter. And I'm I'm in total agreement with that myself. You know, I, I don't want uh, an alternate timeline to to not be, you know to disqualify everything else. It's I just, cheating. Uh, it, I mean, it would be it's very, cheating. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, it, it would be it would be a way to erase any holes uh, that they feel felt they couldn't fill. And uh, I I totally agree I'm with that. I'm not buying it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not buying they're going to do that. Right. Oh, what else? Uh, New York. Uh, let's see. What other what what other questions are you looking forward to be answered in season six? Uh, I just really want to see Jasmine again because I don't think his story is over. I agree with you. I totally agree with that. So do I. Right on. Right on. Very good. Very good. And uh, I really uh, I enjoyed your. Uh, uh, Theory that uh, I was talking about how possibly Ben's uh, was carrying all of those lists and piece of paper around in the box, and you pointed out that it was probably just the gun that he used to shoot Desmond. I kind of like that. You know, there's a whole there's a whole uh, uh, clan of folks that we've been following boxes around for for a long time, trying to figure out what they mean. And that seems like as simple as explanation and, and, and an obvious one as any. Did anyone see the... Has everyone watched the deleted scenes from season five? Is that spoilery? I can talk about that, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. I think I watched some of them. Yeah, the, uh, there's a scene... There's one scene that's actually... There's less... Uh, I found it less 
um, revealing than some other seasons. But there's a uh, the scene where he meets with Jill the Butcher um, before uh, we see them meet later, I guess, is when it's edited from. Mm-hmm. And uh, he tells him, he tells her, uh, Ben tells her that he's going to go let, wrap up some loose ends at the marina or something like that. And she asks him if he needs a gun, and he says no. And when I first saw it, I was like, oh, maybe that's just what is what is in his box since he's telling her no. But then I realized, well, wait a minute. Why would he make this big effort to bring and hide this gun if he has this huge network of contacts that can get him a gun whenever he needs it? So, like, when I watched that scene, I actually thought, okay, I, now I don't buy that, that that's just the gun in that box. Because if he has this huge network of people that can give him a gun, why is he going to make this big event out of hiding a gun in a box and putting it in yeah. the fence and all this stuff? And, and wrap it up in little wrapping paper or whatever you had it in. Yeah, exactly. I still think that box, there's, it's, you know, it's the, it's the great, um, the great Darleton uh, thing of showing you something, let, letting the camera linger just enough on something that doesn't theoretically matter. It's why, even if they, this is the one thing, we talk about what will be upset if we don't see an answer to, I still will be horrendously upset about the picture frames from uh, Confirmed Dead if we don't, if, if that's not explained, because that just, that four-second random shot linger on the metal picture frame, which is totally unnecessary from a filmmaking point of view, will forever bother me if that was just a quote-unquote production error that they changed all the picture frames on the wall. No, that's not possible. That's not yeah, possible. It, it can't be possible. I know I know it's people say, oh, this stuff, this stuff happens. And I'm like, they don't, no. you don't produce... People, you know, it's it's become a podcast joke to talk about Greg Nations and, and his head on a stick and all this stuff. But the point is, this is a this is a, a production company that is basically paying a full time person to run the show Bible, you know. Yeah. And if you don't, there's no way well, those huge mistakes get in like it, that. And it's it's not just that. If you listen to ever or you watch any DVD special or anything like that, whenever Greg Nations' name is mentioned then there's nothing but the most utmost respect or anything brought up about it. And I just can't imagine people being... It's I mean, I can, no. I, I, You know, I, I take, think that he probably has a lot more credibility than he's been given in the podcast world, well, you know. But, yeah. There's uh, a PA all along. There's, like, stratospheres of PAs. Like, you have PAs. You have a trail. Like, Greg Nations has a trail of them, okay, yeah. that do all different functions for him so he can sit concentrate on his job. There's a PA whose job it is to... Put Thera to know what pictures go up, where they go, to photograph them after they're up if they have to shoot and then come back, okay? And then to make sure they match the photograph if they have to reshoot. It's not possible for that yeah. to be an accident. And I think, and, and what we, in the rewatch, we talk about doing the rewatch, the, the, to me, in this entire show, there's been only one confirmed massive continuity error and it's charlotte's age which we learned the reasons of and we learned that it was it was a mistake by the final script edit of not catching um rebecca mater's last minute change that she asked for and that's the only one and that's, that's easily yeah. explained and that's, that's it. the only one yeah. yeah yeah did anybody uh listen to the lost master class that ryan uh, recorded because they did mention that scene with the pictures going up the stairs no i didn't hear that what do you say they they had you know some production people and they said it was unplanned but they had to move a camera upstairs and they took them down for that and they just put them back so it, 
Yeah. But there's no way that's a big line. But see, that's the thing is they'd have to take. I've watched. I mean, I'm. This is not as. I'm obsessive about some other teams. We can talk about the Juliet flashback later. But I, I could go on for an hour Ooh, and a half about that. Ooh, I like that. But um, there, the, there's no way it's production. There's because that would entail them taking every picture off the wall, taking every picture out of the frame, yes, and putting every them. picture back in a completely new frame. It's not. There's accurate. just no way. Yeah. Mm-mm. It's the same I thing like you, with yeah. Jack's shirt. Like, we, we talked about this before. Heath and I have talked about this before, about Jack's shirt being untucked half the time. And they're like, oh, that just happens. I'm like, no, sir. I've seen it. I've seen Matthew Fox getting pimped for the camera. Every hair, every shiny, every pore. If that shirt was supposed to be untucked, some PA would have tucked it for him. You know what I mean? If it was supposed to be tucked in. So, not an accident. you got to ask yourself, what does it mean? Yeah. What's that mean? Can I, can I go off about Juliet's flashback while I brought it up? Which Matt, one? Which cool? one? The Ju- Matt, is that cool if we spend a little time on that? Sure, go okay. ahead. The Juliet flashback in the incident uh, where she's oh, a okay. kid. Yeah. Um, again, this I, I feel this is misdirection. It's just my, you know, I, a lot of people, the conventional wisdom is that it's meant to show us that Jacob doesn't visit her as a child. And it's also no. meant just to be a, well, <laughs> this is the conventional wisdom. It's also meant to be, you know, her emotional reasons for not wanting to stay with Sawyer because her parents got divorced, blah, blah, blah. When I look at that, I see two adults dressed in clothing that is completely not correct for the time period it's supposed to be in, mm-hmm. and a book on the table where they clearly show you the name of this book that has a copyright date. I believe it was 1986, which would make Juliet about 27 years old when we first meet her, which is way too young. And if this is a production error, there's another one that's just huge. I mean, you can't find, Mm-mm. you can't put an 80s hair wig on the, the bad. You can't, with all the other bad wigs on this show, they couldn't pull out one more bad wig to put on this guy. They couldn't pull, they couldn't pull, I mean, the, you look at, at the woman who plays her mother, at best, it's like 1994. At best. Maybe, yeah. You know, and I'm like, I watched that scene. I The first, on in May of last year when it came on, I jumped out of my chair. I looked at my wife. I said, "There, is, this is not 1985. Which no, it's not best, a flashback. Right, it's there is flashback. something weird with that. Well, you, and how, you about the fact, how about the fact Juliet is wearing the exact same clothing as kid Juliet is? Yeah. Are you the one, Amy, who has the... the uh, the flashbacks are happening in real time theory. Yeah, is that yours? There, yeah, that's not a flashback. Yeah. Like before, Juliet's all on board with "Let's stop Jack." She says, "I changed my mind." She walks off. She has the memory. Then she turns around. She's all ticked off about how Sawyer gazed longingly at Kate when the end was near. Right. Yeah. That that moment is to make sure that she cooperates. That's that's in my mind. That's how I read it. Yeah, there's that, something that's not there a real flashback. That didn't actually happen in her past. It's kind of an ad hoc throw it in there to make sure she goes down the well. That's what I think. Mm. Ah. Okay. It, that's you know. Uh, so are you saying that some of these things that that we've seen and have been construed as continuity errors are um, uh, malfunctions in in the overall system? Is it? Well, Donna and I talked. About? Yeah, Can I say something on this real fast? Huh? Can I say something on this real fast? Oh, sure, yeah. Sure. Go ahead. I think I know a way to defend Juliet's flashback. Because okay. if they're happening in real time, you don't always remember every specific detail. So she may be remembering two things at once. Excellent. So That's memories a very from good 80s, point. So memories from the 90s and, may, and maybe memories from the 80s may have been mixed together. Mm. That's true. That makes sense to me. If it's a generated, if it's a generated um, 
implant, if it's a generated, quick, give it back to her to make sure she does the right thing. Um, it could be just like just grab whatever's on the shelf and throw it in there. That makes sense to me. Very, Very good, New York. Well, then there's, I mean, that can play into too. I know that people have talked about a lot of Jack haters, which I'm not one of. I'm a big Jack fan. Have talked about how he, you know, stole, you know, pretended that his count to five thing was him being all suave and getting rid of his fear, and then showing that it was really his dad smacking him down in the operating room. That could be the same thing. Whereas it could be Jack remembering it one way, and then we see it happen a totally different way, and maybe they were both right. You know, maybe that's, that is two different things that happened. That's a really interesting point. Do you, do you think it might be like a literary technique of showing different perspectives and just no. showing these, these different well, things? I think it shows us that Christian is an add-on. Because I think I see them. I see everything linear. Okay, that's just me. I'm. I'm. No, I don't want to um, download on you guys because Donald and I talked about the continuity errors a little bit earlier today. Um, but what that tells me is that Christian, that that whole flashback, that whole storyline is not real. That was, that's been added since Jack landed on the island. Um, because there's no reason, and I've heard lots of, you know, he's trying to impress Kate. He's got his shirt off. He really doesn't have to do any more to impress Kate, okay? He's cool. Um, he's lying because he wants to make her feel better. She seems pretty calm to me. He's a liar. Well, I don't see any evidence of that in the whole first two seasons. He goes berserk when people lie to him. There's no logical reason for him to make up that story at I that think time. There is. What's that? There is, because remember in the season four finale, he stole the credit from Locke for saying that he has to lie about what happened on the island. That's true, but... but it's pretty he, much the same thing. You know, but here, here's the thing. That's a really weird moment, too. They're in the raft. They're all excited. They're getting rescued, and Jack just kind of goes, ding, hey, we have to lie. Out of nowhere. And Locke right? told him that, that a couple really hours ago. Hmm? And Locke told him that just a couple hours ago. Yeah, and he didn't believe it at all. Not even remotely. Right? Exactly. Until the moment we spot him. But um, if he finds a way for an idea to work in his favor, he just twists it so that it looks like he came up with it. See, or so he switches it for him. That's a possibility. And those are some thoughts. Uh, let's get <laughs> to the final question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm, gonna ask, I'm just going to go down the line here and uh, and ask everybody uh, one single question and answer. Mr. Bad, what's the one question you can't live without being answered? I want to know how, why they chose to have uh, alternate realities to answer every explanation. <laughs> how, how, how do you know they do that? Well, I don't. That's just okay. Start, All right. you, you are not a man of faith. Yeah, right on. Uh, I have faith. New York, what's, what's the one question that you can't live without being answered? Oh, that's a good question. It's tough, but I'd probably have to say more on the Jacob story. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. More on the Jacob story, right on. Donald, you got, you got a single question you can narrow down? Uh, well, I want to say the smoke monster, but that's kind of typical. So I want to know what's the deal with... Um, how how Block's body was able to be copied while there's still a dead body on the beach and then there's a physical Block body that's walking around. Very cool. Scotty Six. Why is there one group of others in the temple and another on the beach? That's an wow. excellent question. 
I, I noticed that, I'll, just real quick, I noticed that huge in the rewatch that Richard specifically mentions out of, like, just throws in, oh, there's another group at the temple. And I think that was very on purpose to keep us rem- reminded of that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, and, and three years since a group had started to go to the temple, although we don't yeah. know that it's the same group. Right. Um, Amy? Um, I want to know... What? Who, why they? Why Cindy said we're here to watch? I want to know what. That's always bothered me. They disappear. She's with the kids. The kids are all gone, and she comes back and she says we're here to watch. I want to know what. What does that mean? And I want to know who's lost. I want to know why somebody's lost. What does that mean? Those two things I really, really want to know. Okay, Leslie, you got one. I still really want to know what the whispers are. It may not be the mm. biggest question, but God, you know, like I want to. There's that one scene, you know, where um, where you see like where they they're crouching down in the in the jungle, and you see the feet of, of you know of these people walking through the woods, and it looks all strange, and you're like hearing whispers, and we've gotten different points of view. Like we don't know if those two things are related at all. We don't know why we heard whispers when taller ghost Walt was talking. We don't know why. You know, Ben says to run away from the whispers, and you know, if, if he seems to know something about it, but we don't know about it. Um, I, I don't think it's like a, you know, like a. I don't think it's going to tell us a, a huge amount about, you know, the the, the overall storyline. But it's just something that bugs me that I want to know more about. So the, the whispers are, are still kind of near the top of the list where Claire is, I think. And uh, I'm going to take the question that, that uh, Donald refused to take because he didn't want to be too cliche. You can call me Mr. Cliche. I want to know what the heck the smoke monster is and how it works. That's what I really, really want to know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's uh, get into some uh, feedback real quick before we say goodnight. Thanks for getting my back on that whole beach issue. You should think it was a stupid idea. Well, what does that say about you agreeing with me? Well, I'm open to suggestions. Feedback. And uh, we had summertime in the chat room earlier, and she had sent me an email. Uh, let me read that to you. I am trusting Dawson will do right by us. I hope. I was so thrown by the Comic Con stuff. I never expected some kind of reboot. And yet, I think more and more that relationships will be a big key to everything. Which I find funny because some people are so anti-shipper. I am no shipper, but I have always been about Des and Penny. I have to admit, Lafleur in the Lafleur episode, completely hooked me on Juliet and Sawyer. The Yellow Daisy, they totally hooked me with one episode. And even though I've seen the incident like 20 times, I still get teary-eyed when Juliet will got pulled down the hole, and I think that uh, testifies to what Scotty was saying earlier about the relationships uh, making us invest in what happens to the characters afterwards. Uh, definitely one of the best lost scenes ever. I also think something is up with season six. I have no idea what, but I got a feeling during the rewatch that there will be a big reveal with her. Mythology-wise, maybe? I don't know. We'll see. You think there'll be any kind of big mythology uh, reveal about Kate in season six, Les? I don't know. You know, I think there's got to be something just beneath the surface with Kate. You know, I mean, she's, I, yeah, I, I do think something's going to, we're going to see something with Kate in season six. I do. All right, on. I, I, I kind of do too. I, I, you know, 
as I understand it, originally uh, the, the doctor was supposed to be killed off uh, in in the pilot, and of course ABC evidently said no, you can't do that. And uh, Kate was supposed to be this main central character, and I can't see a reason to keep her hanging around unless she has some kind of huge, huge hand in whatever the end game is. So I kind of I'm kind of with that as well. Uh, we have another email. Uh, this one from Michael in Brooklyn. Remember the four-toed statue was holding the onk in each hand? Now, those were huge onks, but if you look at the shape of the guitar case, it seems like one could fit a smaller onk or two in there, doesn't it? Uh, the onk shows up here and lost, here and there in lost, and it must be significant. I have no idea why Hurley would be entrusted with it or why it is essential for the trip back to the island. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I kind of, uh, he had sent along a picture with that email, and I looked at the onks and the guitar case, and I suppose they could get in there. The problem that I have with this the the, uh, the crossing figure at the bottom of the circular shape. I don't know how that would fit into a guitar case, unless it was much smaller than the case itself, in which case it would rattle around or something like that. But we haven't actually heard any sounds come from the guitar case, so we don't know yet. What do you think about that, Liz? I don't know. I don't think those onks can fit in a guitar case. Uh, I think they're they're much too big, and um, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's some significance to a smaller version of them being in the guitar case. But I agree the the cross piece is not something that would fit in a guitar case. Right on. Uh, one final email here from Dave in Toronto. Uh, first, in the past, Matt theorized that the island is a time machine, and that Jacob and MIB are time travelers from the future. After having participated in a number of Lost Theory podcasts, have you swayed from your original theory? And the truth of the matter is, yes, I have swayed from that original theory. I think, uh, actually, I discussed that with Donald uh, and uh, Alex and uh, Nancy Drew on the, uh, the theories cast that we did uh, a few months years ago. Back, Yeah, it seems like years ago, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but... I, Comic Con kind of changed my whole perspective about Jacob and MIB, and and uh, I know that there's been a lot of discussion about the season five Comic Con not being canon at all, but it did put us in the proper space of where that season was heading, and that's kind of what I took from Comic Con as well, and it just made me think that if there is some kind of power to reset, and I don't think that Curly's going to be the luckiest dude in the world, and I don't think that Kate's killed somebody else. Uh, in this alternate timeline. I just happen to think that um, it's just a point that we're going to see something besides uh, something else having happened uh, in addition to what has happened to them already. And uh, so, but with that, it kind of changed my mind uh, as to what could be, uh, what could be happening with Jacob and, and the man in black. Um, I originally, when I got done with season three, and Leslie can testify to this because I was drawing diagrams and all this other kind of stuff during season four, showing her, <laughs> and and then I was then I was totally proven wrong after the doctors washed up on the beach before he got killed because I was I was convinced that the island was just moving backwards in time from a future point, and so that all of these statues and everything from Egyptian times was just where the island had ended up, and. I was with the kind of the whatever happened happened thing, and so history of that would have already carried through to the present time where we would have seen things. And at the time, you know, that, that all seemed to make a lot of sense. And I could see Man in Black and Jacob just being a, as, as just 
kind of riders on that storm, and they've already seen the end, which is what Jacob was referring to as it only ends once. Uh, the rest of the time is just progress. But then, Leslie, as you and I got into talking about the loops of characters and how they need to, to how they need to break those cycles that keep keeping them from bettering themselves, that's where I saw Jacob's purpose uh, changing uh, in my mind. Rather than just preventing some kind of you know apocalyptic event, it was more about it was more about uh, uh, having humanity realize its own potential so that it could prevent its own apocalyptic event and uh so that that kind of changed my whole my whole thought about you know the uh about man in black and and mib being from future and the fact that they could do certain things with their touches or whatever that that we might consider godlike that would actually just be future tech it was a nice neat little tight little theory until that doctor washed up on the shore a full day before he got killed Uh, and then uh, I, I tried to hang on to it for a while, and I even included Jacob and MIB in it for a while. But after Comic Con, I just realized it wasn't going to work anymore. So yes, uh, Dave in Toronto, I did change that theory quite a bit. Um, second, he says, and uh, let me hang in here and see if Amy's still with us. Is she? Yeah. Uh, Amy, here's a they question. They can sit in the from... here. They're not going to disturb me anymore. Oh, that's okay. I, I just uh, I just put everybody on mute so we can go through these emails. Um, except for Donald, somehow I missed him. How did I miss you? I should, you should have been the one I muted first. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, here's a, here's a question from Dave in Toronto. The Hawaii Lost Season 6 premiere is this Saturday. Uh, will you guys go into lockdown mode and stay away from the internet, Twitters, and emails to avoid being spoiled? Now, first of all, my question to you, Donald, is, because we know Amy's going to see the premiere, so she has no reason to lock down and stay away from the Internet if she wishes. I do. But, well, yeah, I do in a way. Well, because well, I'm not going to see the last I'm, hour. I'm, I'm going to get to that. Uh, but, Donald, will you, are you going to lock down or are you going to, you going to hang it out? No, I'm, I'm going to lock down. I'm, I'm going to be on the email, but Twitter is off limit. Oh, yeah. Right on. That's yeah. Good. And you won't but, be seeing any, any spoilers from me. I'll probably be on lockdown, too, because there's so many spoilers flying all over the place. You never know right. where they're coming from. Right. And Leslie, what about you? Are you going to, as much as you get on Twitter, I'm sure it probably doesn't matter to you. Uh, <laughs> well, Twitter, you're right, doesn't really matter too uh, much. But, but uh, uh, I, I'll, <laughs> I'll stay away from um, most of the Internet otherwise, yeah. Right on. And I, I have already shut myself off of Twitter and off of Facebook and off of just about every kind of possible way except email uh, for people to contact me uh, already. Uh, won't even go into that but Amy do you expect there to be people there uh, at that thing trying to film it trying to, to, to get to get things Absolutely. to use yeah yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. I, mean, I think they're counting on it I think yeah. that's why they only are airing the first hour which is really brilliant because it doesn't spoil the premiere for everybody else even if you know a lot about the first hour my guess is we're going to be the most upset on the beach because we're going to get like half the story and we're like what and then we have to wait till Tuesday to see the end. Um, right. But, right. yeah, I think they're they're not – I mean, it's free and open to the public. But I don't think they're not even going to worry about it. They're expecting it to happen. They're just going to let it go. And I think people are going to be up – I think probably, you know, five minutes after it starts, you're going to start seeing clips online. Um, wow. Yeah. But uh, yeah. not for me. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I hate spoilers, and I do not generate them, and I don't want to hear them. And um, so I'll be there, but – 
I have well, a day off because I'll be like busting at the seams to talk to people about it. Right. <laughs> that was another thing. So uh, you talked. You talked to the event coordinator, and there's no uh, outside of, of course, security for for the celebrities and that. Uh, there's no real additional security other than just crowd management. Well, yeah, crowd management, and from what I understand, talking to people who went to season three, I talked to Ryan. Um, uh, he's a uh, Hawaii online. He does uh, all the that stuff he's here I, I chatted with him a bit and he said last season on that season three pouring down rain it didn't matter get 8,000 people who were just cool and jazzed to be there really didn't have any problems you know what I mean this is not a rowdy crowd right so I think that you're going to see most of the security all the security you're going to see is is just kind of making sure everything's cool making sure everything's okay um but they, they I, I know for a fact that it would be impossible for them to prevent people from filming it. They'll say it, you know, please don't film this, but nah, there's no way. It's just like Comic-Con. They said, please don't film it. Everybody filmed that, too. You know? So, yeah. Um, I can say that uh, if people are coming, um, bring a hoodie, okay? Because it can get cool on Waikiki Beach in the evening. And plan on standing the entire time. Because she said it was, she sent me a picture. I'm going to post it with a write-up I'm doing um, for LostBlog.com. But she had a, a picture, an overhead of the screen, and everybody's standing on the beach, and you know, it's shoulder to shoulder, very, very quiet, exciting, shoulder to shoulder. But Ryan did say he, the thing he remembered was the gasp, because that was the season when we see Juliet and we realize we're in New Otherton. We're in Otherton, right? And yeah. be, you know, 8,000 people went <gasps> all at the same time, and it was just so awesome. So oh, wow. I can't even wow. imagine what it's going to be like, you know? <gasps> so very exciting, very exciting. Very cool. Uh, thanks so much for your input, because that, that perspective from, the, uh, from Hawaii is, is great. Uh, we need to go ahead and get into closing thoughts now. Closing her up. Closing thoughts. Uh, I want to thank uh, Mr. Bad. I want to thank our caller from New York. I want to thank uh, Donald, of course, from Donald is Lost. Heath from The Lost Revisited Now. Scotty Six from The Top Six and Six. Sergeant Drano from Station Seven, The Door podcast. Uh, Amy O'Hura. Uh, on Twitter, you can. Uh, she is a blogger for LostBlog.com, yes. and she has her own blog as well. What's a what's a what's that website? I, you know, my my blog is very not very exciting. It's just me writing, so it, it's not as fun as going on LostBlog will be, where we have lots of different things to do. But I do I do have my own blog theory. Um, it's called Lost Putting It Together Blogspot.com, but. Um, Lostblog.com is where I'm going to be hanging out for for the uh, for the premiere and for all those cool interest stories. But definitely, if you've got a cool fan story, contact us. We want to know. We want to put right on. on. And and how can they how can they contact you? Is there an email address they can send directly? Sure, to? they can send it to Amy at Lostblog.com. Um, or you can just go on there and just post a message. You can all of our emails are on there. They're all related to the site. Um, and you can you can leave us messages. Leave, tell us what's going on with you. That's what we want to hear. We want to see your art. We want to hear your stories, especially after the premiere. Especially after the premiere. So we certainly appreciate everybody who called in. I hope I didn't miss anybody. Thanks to everybody who came into the chat as well. 
I suppose uh, we should tell you a little bit about our podcast. If you want to send us any feedback, please feel free to email us at keystolosh at gmail.com. Uh, check out our blog at keystolosh.blogspot.com. And in the meantime, stay lost. Stay lost. Keys to Lost is a proud member of the Lost Podcasting Network. Get all of your favorite Lost podcasts in one feed at lostcasts.blogspot.com.